Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. I'm Matt Goldberg, and these are stories, true as we can tell them. In the Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Confabulation. I'm Matt Goldberg, and with me, I have a very special guest co-host from the Victoria Confabulation. Uh, I'm joined by Cassandra Tugneri. Hi, Cassandra. How's it going? Hi, Matt. It's so nice to talk to you. It's so good to talk to you, too. Um, Cassandra is one of the co-founders of Victoria Confabulation. She's also one of the co-hosts of Victoria Confabulation. For those of you from Victoria, we will be catching up with Carolyn at some point on a future episode. But uh, we are so excited to have you on the, on the show today, Cassandra. It's so nice to finally get this going again. We've been promising our audience podcasts for so long. So here we are. One of the beautiful things about Confabulation is this cross-country connection we've got going on, these these sister shows. So why did you want to transplant this idea? What, what, what did you want to do with Confabulation in Victoria? Well, I was working with you in Montreal, um, looking for something that would fulfill my artistic spirit in Montreal. And then I talked to you and I started working with you. And then I got a job out here in Victoria and I didn't know anybody. And my job is in government communications, which is good and somewhat creative, but I needed a way to express myself creatively. I wanted to be part of the art scene. So I searched for a a producing partner and through serendipity, a friend introduced me to Carolyn and we hit it off right away and we we got the show going and it was so fulfilling. It was so exciting. And also we saw a space for this show in Victoria. Victoria wasn't saturated with storytelling shows yet. And so we saw... um, some room to find an audience here and we and we really have we always talk in we carolyn and i she's not in the room <laughs> but we are so safe social distancing to, yeah exactly very safe social distancing this victoria audience is just very receptive to this kind of inclusive art form it's really amazing um I I'm, feel very grateful that I've had the opportunity to do both the Montreal and the Victoria shows as a guest. And um, it's such a great feeling. They're different. The, 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 the space feels different. The energy of the audience feels different. But we're all here for the same thing. And we're all here for this community building and, and creative energy fostering um, that that happens at a storytelling show. Yeah, and I think it's cool because even if you don't see yourself as someone who wants to tell a story on stage, you know that that invitation is always open to you. You know that you it's something that you can do if you want to and that you're invited to do. It's not like you have to have 10 years of vocal training or be a virtuosic guitar player or be a actor from the National Theater School. You just have to have a story from your life that you would like to tell. And whether you want to do it or not, you know that's open to you. So I think there's something really inviting and inclusive about that that people can relate to. I hope this isn't too much of an inside baseball type question, but I want to know, as someone who's made the transition from a, a, a producer generally to a performer to a now a host of the show, what, what's that been like for you? It's been the best. It's like I have this thing that is mine and Carolyn's and we foster it and we care for it and we um, are so involved in it and we get to see every level we get to um, 
workshop the stories, which is a great way to make friends in a new town, by the way. If you're mm-hmm. looking for a way to make friends in a new town, just start a show where you have to engage with the people in the show. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> um, so there, it's just been the best way to meet people and become part of this community. And hosting the show is, you know, I, I've always loved doing that. I love performing. So it checks a lot of boxes for me. I love this. And I also love this as a future pitch to future franchises. Uh, make new friends. Connect with your community. Confabulation. I think it's a good pitch. <clears throat> I love it. All right. Let's turn things over to your story. Um, why don't you tell us uh, about the story? When did you tell this one? So this, we, I told this story at the Victoria Event Center where we do all our shows. This was the last show that we did before COVID. So this oh, was no. the February 2020 show. <laughs> It was blockbusters, stories of real-life meet-cutes, plot twists, action heroes, and supervillains. And I took a little spin on the meet-cutes portion of that theme. Here's Cassandra Tugneri. I was a Highland dancer for 13 years, as some of you may know, because my father told you in detail several months ago, but that's fine. Um, the best part about uh, being part of this uh, Highland Dancing School, the McCullough Dancers, was that we would go on these incredible trips every summer. They would take us to folk dancing festivals. So when I was 17, we were going to Monterey, Mexico, and I knew that Katie would be on that trip. And while I hadn't really talked to Katie, we had a beef. <laughs> there was some bad blood between Katie and Cassandra had festered for a long time. The reason being that the previous year, we went on a different trip to Mexico, but this time it was a month-long festival, so they split it up, and the Navin girls, Navin's just outside of Ottawa, they went to the Puebla part of the trip, and the Martintown girls, my school, we went to the Zacatecas part of the trip. So when we arrived in Zacatecas, they got us to this dorm, and we immediately discovered that... um, there were these hot young French guys that were also at the festival. So that was cool. They came over with a soccer ball and they're like, and we're like, yeah. yeah." And um, there was was this one beautiful guy named David, that's French for David, which also just FYI, Pearl Jam is French for Pearl Jam. So... Things I learned on that trip. Um, David um, kicked the soccer ball into the bush, and I ran after it, and we tumbled around, and then I came back to my team and was like, that, he, mine. And they, and the girls agreed, and David agreed, and he became my Mexico boyfriend. And he was my first boyfriend, and he was my first love. We were so in love immediately. It was so cute. He was like 6'2", and I was this size. And... Um, and he was kind of a badass, and we would spend every waking moment we could together. Uh, We would go on separate day trips because we were in different groups, and we would come back at the end of the day. I'm like, my heart's beating thinking about him. It was so cute. (laughs) We, uh, We would come back at the end of the day and exchange little gifts that we had picked up wherever we were that day, and Um, some of my girlfriends hooked up with some of his friends because, you know, safety in numbers or whatever, and you're like 16 years old, so you might as well be making out while you're in Mexico. So it was just really fun. And when I had to leave, finally, um, I tearfully said goodbye to David and got on the bus and cried all the way to the airport, which was a nine-hour bus ride away. (laughs) 
Um, I somehow stayed, stayed hydrated, but it was fine. Um, so he had told me while we were together in Mexico that he like put it together that there were, because he had been there, they had been there for the whole month. And so he had a fling with a Canadian girl and they had like the same dance outfits as us and do I know her? And I was like, ah, no, we don't know those girls. It's fine, whatever, whatever. It was before me, I didn't care. But when I got back, this girl Katie caught wind that her Mexico boyfriend was also my Mexico boyfriend. And she found out that our Mexico boyfriend was sending me letters and not sending her letters. So she was pissed. And um, she decided that she was mad at me. And then so because she was mad at me, I decided that I was mad at her. And then she was mad at me for being mad at her. And I was mad at her for being mad at me for being mad at her and whatever. And... A feud sort of began and this kind of rivalry between the two branches of the same dance school kind of blossomed. And it did that with zero words spoken between Katie and I and exactly one dirty look exchanged when we were going to our next trip 14 months later to Mexico at the airport. We're like... But also, we're 17 and going to Mexico, so we're fucking stoked. So we just get on the airplane, and we get to Monterey, and we arrive at our beautiful hotel. And we settle into our rooms, and then we have to go to dinner. So I'm late to dinner, of course. And I get down there, and there's only seats left at Katie's table. And I ended up being seated right directly across from her. And we're just, like, staring at each other for two courses of the meal. And then dessert is served. And cue the music. Hotel California comes on, and I'm just looking at my dessert, and I'm singing Hotel California. And the chorus starts, and I look up, and Katie looks up at the same time, and we lock eyes, and we're both singing the chorus to Hotel California, and we just stare into each other's eyes and sing Hotel California to each other. <laughs> and, like, I see her for the first time, and she's so beautiful, and she has, like, a beautiful smile, and she's such a warm, lovely person, and I love her. And she's looking at me, and she loves me, and we just, like finish the verse and immediately burst out laughing the way that only 17-year-old girls on vacation can do. And we kind of got up and left and spent every waking moment together in Mexico after that. We shopped together, we went to the pool together, we sat on the bus together. There's so many pictures of us from that trip and we're like hugging each other in all of them. We dispensed with the David stuff very quickly and got down to the very important business of finding new Mexico boyfriends. <laughs> this time, we um, went and talked to the Argentinian tango school. <laughs> and let me tell you, finding Argentinian tango dancers who want to make out with young girls, 17-year-olds, like shooting fish in a barrel, it was amazing. <laughs> so... <laughs> And they were really cool. They liked to hang out at the end of a long day in the hotel lobby. They would drink red wine and they would like tango with whoever wanted to tango with them. Just think about it for a second. It's amazing. And then at the end of that trip, Katie ended up crying on the bus. But I think that's because like her Argentinian boyfriend was really hot. I was mostly just a wingman in that situation, so I wasn't too worried about it. Um, but we were both like crying a little bit because we thought that we wouldn't be friends anymore because we lived an hour away. But all for naught, we saw each other a bunch after that. We spent weekends together a lot. Our parents let us visit all the time, and we were friends all through high school. And she introduced me to her best friend, Ashley, and the three of us became best friends. And 
It was just, you know, this fight that was created out of nothing. And while David was my first love, this girl that I started my relationship with fighting became one of my true loves. So, yeah. Okay, enough of that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Cassandra. I love that story. I love that story, too, uh, and I love Katie. Yay. <laughs> so, Katie, are you going to tag her in this post? So she, has she heard the story before? I actually sent it to her right after the show because, well, maybe not right after, about a month later when everything was going down with the COVID and everybody was stuck in their homes and she's just sad like everybody else. She really missed her family. So I sent her this story and I was like, you and your husband should listen to this. And she... FaceTimed me after and she was just cry laughing because it's a legendary meeting between us. We reminisce about it all the time. Uh, did that conversation, I mean, did that change anything about the story for you? Did she remind you of things? I just always find with these stories when I share them with the person that I've told the story about that you always see your fingerprints all over it. Did you have any of those moments? You know, not really. I think that I was thinking about that because I think I was living so presently in the moment on that trip. I was 17, I think, and I or maybe I was 18, but I was truly um, living that idea of living your best life on that trip. We were having so much fun, and that trip is vivid in my memory, and I think it is for her, too. We really remember it like it was yesterday. I keep thinking about uh, teenage teenagers today and with everything happening with covid right now these sort of seminal moments that they're missing out on it's kind of it's kind of brutal it's kind of heavy i feel for them so hard it's brutal they're doing great yeah they're doing great they are I, I I had kids and I became a softie. That's the that's the real message of every podcast episode. But I really do. I, I, hearing this story, that's the immediate thing I thought of. Yeah, graduating, oh. the summer parties, the graduation parties, the um, I, even the part where the the kids that were graduating had to go to the school and empty their lockers, and there was just no mm-hmm. ceremony about it. It's just brutal, man. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna um get over it actually you know what they're resilient i'm sure they're over it already and they're gonna move on to the next thing yeah they're fine i saw them i live across the street from the school i saw them picking up their diplomas and they're laughing about it as they're lining up outside to go into the gym get the diploma one at a time it's just that's you do what you do yeah you just got to move on and i think i yeah i think they're just doing that which good i just wish them all the best i hope that they have a fun If they're going to post-secondary, I hope they get to go. But it's like, that's all virtual now. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know if you noticed this when you sent me the stories. You sent me four stories to consider for this podcast episode. And they all take place between like the ages of 17 and 20. And I was kind of curious, are are you thinking about that time in particular right now? or, Or is this just a time that you like to revisit in your storytelling? Well, all those stories are from different months that were with different themes. And I think that my teenage years, um, I was a bit of a goof. Like I was such an innocent person in some ways. And, you know, like I did bad things, but I was from a small town and I think sheltered to a degree. So I just look back on some of my life then and I find it so amusing and so 
funny um some of the experiences that i had and and i think also for a lot of people pretty relatable so when i'm telling a story at the show i do like to keep it light and keep it relatable for the audience and so i think that's what happens it's just like hey i was a bit of an idiot in high school sometimes or a bit of a a sweetie or just like a bit of a goof yeah Oh, I, 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 it made me think about that being that period of time when I met so many people, when I made so many connections and, uh, God, I am longing for that now. I don't want to dwell. I don't want to dwell on the negative. I'm so happy to, uh, to have this chance to connect with you and to reconnect with my friends, but. Well, now we're time. getting so good at just communicating over a strange medium where we're not in person. Do you think, are you worried that when we see each other in person, we're just going to be so awkward? Yeah, but I I live in awkward. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm, by me. It's true. <laughs> I think it's going to be great, and I, I I am grateful. It's really going to be your time to shine, Matt. It really is. I will be <laughs> the king of the awkward's. Um, come to me. <laughs> I also think it'll be a great time for for a show like Confabulation, not to self promote, but just to have a chance to get together, have a drink, share some stories. Whenever we can get, can't wait to get get, the show back. I know, and I feel so unsafe even with these government restrictions. We're not going to dwell. We're not talking about COVID anymore. I mean, we are. Mm -mm. It's in the conversation always. Um, is there anything that you are reading right now, watching right now, or that you've you've experienced recently that you think our audience needs to know about? A book, a TV show, a podcast, a movie. We're looking for escapism. We're looking for lessons that people need to learn. Have you heard of the HBO show We're Here? I have not. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it's Bob the Drag Queen, Shangela, and Eureka from RuPaul's Drag Race. And it but it's a totally different show. They go into these small towns um and they help people kind of identify the LGBTQ communities in that town, which are very um hidden because they're small American towns that are super conservative. Um but they and then they put on this drag show with people and they include allies, people from the LGBTQ community. They include parents and different people and they put on this show. It's such a beautiful show to watch. I highly recommend it. It's uplifting. It's eye opening. It's all of those things. But it's also full of art and beauty. It's it's um, I'm rewatching it for the second time. And the other thing I recommend is just. Revisit classics that you love. Revisit anything that makes you feel good. I think there needs to be a balance. Like, yes, we need to be productive and taking in new content and taking in new material and being with the culture. And at the same time, it's also fine to revisit the OC, you know, or whatever. The OC. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been great to connect with you. We'll have to catch up again soon. We will. We will. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Confabulation. We're a nonprofit dedicated to the art of true life storytelling. We run monthly autobiographical storytelling shows in Montreal and Victoria. You can learn more about the show and sign up for our mailing list at confabulation.ca or check us out on social media where we're at Confab Stories. Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by our team, Dev Van Slet, Stephen Trepanier, Cassandra Tugneri, and me, Matt Goldberg. Special thanks to the Conseil des Arts de Montreal for their support of Confabulation. We couldn't do it with them.